The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Here he is, Brandon. Welcome to the Brandon Peters Show and the start of year number four. That's crazy. Um, yeah, uh, so here we go. Uh, returning to the show with me today from Courage to Rise, it is Jennifer Rayford. Excited to be here, Brandon. Excited to kick yeah. off the year. Yes, and the and star of the summer of 93 at 30 and summer of 82 at 20, <laughs> uh, 40. Yes, Yes. You know who she is. Yes. (laughs) All right. Uh, Before we get into this, I got an announcement at the top, and you probably saw on social media maybe last week, but I will be a guest at Doctoberfest 2023. Uh, This is a Doctor Who... yeah, surprise, Brandon and Doctor Who. Uh, it's a festival convention type thing. It's uh, it's in Plainfield, Indiana. Uh, other guests include uh, Sophie Aldred, who played Ace um, in uh, the 1987 to 89 iteration of Doctor Who, starring Sylvester McCoy, one of the most popular companions of all time. So I'm very excited to uh, be there with her. And I'm apparently I'm going to get to chat with her for a little bit and stuff. So that's cool. Uh, and also Russell McGee, who's been a guest on this show before from uh, he does big finish uh, audio engineering and an author and there's plenty of stuff like there's a there's a lego building competition there's a lookalike contest there's a action figure building competition all sorts of stuff and uh, a lot of fun and the cool thing about Doctoberfest is what they tell me is that all the vendors there everything's got to be handmade can't be some corporate blah 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 and it's got to be doctor who themed so it's only doctor who stuff only people who, with their bare hands, have made their merchandise or collections or whatever it is. So I will be there. Um, I'll be covering things, talking to people. You can stop me and see me. I'll probably be running around, as I'm told. Being stationary isn't friendly to the people I'd want to talk to and things, so I've got to be on the move. And we'd also like to make a um, package that showcases Doctoberfest for future goers. So they're putting me as a fan of that. <laughs> Scary, but you know, we'll get into that. So I'm very excited uh, that that finally has uh, been talking about it for a few months with the people, and we've got it hammered out. And I'm very excited and happy to be a guest there. So that's. Uh, Another thing of the running. Uh, it's pretty fun. Um, so back to this here episode with Jennifer and no movie to talk about. What's going on? No movie stings. What is this? No music. No. Ow. So when I started the Brandon Peters Show podcast, one of my ideas is if I get through a year, if I do, I would. But when I get through a year, the start then following year, I would want one of my guests to come on and talk to me about maybe the previous year, my ideas, what's going on. And um, yeah, I did that in the first one after the first year. We had Greg Magoon. He came on. Uh, we talked about that. Um, and then last year, I was going to do it and I got COVID. So yeah didn't feel like doing it so we, i just kind of axed it out because i was i had covid all of like september and i didn't get my voice back to like november cough it was bad do you have give you had covid jennifer i have not knock on wood <laughs> lucky you 
I, I mean, I had listeners that were like, is everything okay? With I'm like, I have COVID. Because <laughs> I was reco- I was doing recording stuff still with COVID. Like, I am a, a warrior. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I was just trying to get some stuff. I did a couple old space shows. And I was like, hello. I thought I was sounding okay, but apparently not. Um, I did have to... Ba- what? Yeah. Right. I... Uh, I also, I, there was a podcast I was in the middle of guesting on. And I had to back out because I just wasn't, oh. gonna, it wasn't going to work. I was like, I am so sorry. But luckily I wasn't the only person on it. And I wasn't, I was there like 10 minutes and like they could easily edit me out. Um, so yeah, so that was the idea. Um, so going into year four, this is an interesting one. Um, again, that in a sec, which I have already said, I get into that in a sec or something, but um, I want to do something more open. Uh, more a bit revealing about myself and what it's like to do this and what I've been through and what I go through constantly with uh, things and thoughts on this, that, and many things and my life, my passion here with this and the highs, the lows. Uh, been a very good year, uh, continually challenging and putting the show out as it started during the pandemic where I was able to do a lot more because I was at home and da-da-da. And now... We are like living life again. Um, my kids get older; they do things. Like I have things I gotta be at. Like it, like life crept up on the Brandon Peters show, and it's not able to be as gigantic as it used to be. Like I used to do videos; I love doing the videos, but there's no time for that uh, anymore. And then like multiple things a week, stuff we'll talk about. But like Jennifer, you, this was an idea. That I called podcaster therapy, which I thought about for like a good year or two. And then when we recorded for summer of 93 at 30, you when we got on, you mentioned like Brandon would understand this grind we talk about with stuff. Because you go through similar stuff, I'm sure. Absolutely. A dual life of sorts that people don't know about. He's like, there are people, there are real people, they're like me, they work. And so... so and I was like, it clicked. I'm like, yes, I do need to do this with Jennifer, and I need to do this now. Once summer of 93 at 30 is finished, once we're ready to go, that's what I needed to do. So I brought you here to do it, and that's why we're here today. And I'm excited to be here to do it. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love talking about this. I don't think it gets talked about nearly enough. Yeah, it's stuff. So like, yeah. Um where do you want to start with this? Do you have any idea, just a starting point? I, well, so I think that, you know, in, in any time I'm looking back at the year that passed, it's, you know, what, what is most present and, you know, in, in retrospect, anytime I'm reflecting on something like that, it's like, what, what did I learn from it? What did I take away from it? Knowing what I now know, what am I doing differently? Like really just sort of reflecting on all these things. And also because, you know, you're at a point where you're sort of at one of those, those pivotal moments, Right. And I say that and I get the like Ross and friends pivot, pivot, pivot. <laughs> but that it, you know, sometimes there are things and, and ways that our life comes together that brings us to a point of some shit's going to change or some shit's got to change. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. what was that for you? Well, for me, like, like I can't do as much. Like I can't, I, I, I try to do too much. Um, and they're like, taking breaks like I, f- I feel like with me like I feel like I'm a nobody I don't know what other people think I don't care but in my mind I'm always this like 
schmuck. I, I always tell people that too. Like, oh, yeah. I'm like, I it's weird to me because I always think I'm like, who would give a shit what I'm doing? Like that's always how I'm gonna think, and I, and I I'm not trying to fish for compliments with that. I'm just like, I wouldn't pay for me. Uh, <laughs> so I've I need I've learned that I need to be okay with my show going off the air, like for a second. Um. I need to be calmer with things. I can't, like, I want to do so much. There's so much in this brain that's constantly, like, uh, and that still hasn't shown up on this show. And, but I need to calm down. Um, and only, and and I've tried to, like, do life at my own speed, if I can, but I'm still get quite busy. We're actually in the middle of where I'm, like, busiest. Um, these horror months of September and October, um, my... There's podcasting, so I do my show. And then Out Now with Aaron and Abe, um, I join the horror specials, which is usually five episodes um, every month. Uh, one's a commentary. That's easy. I just need to stay up at night and watch a movie with the guys. That's all we do. Uh, but like, there's a lot of research. And I, the thing is, I love that program. I would prefer, if for October, which is weird, um, I would shut my show down for the month to do those specials. That's how much those mean to me but I like to keep something for my show going in the meantime. But I, this year we're doing a uh, global horror and I've got to watch 20 different movies from four different countries to prep. Um, and those aren't ones because they're not in my native language and I don't speak much outside of some crappy Spanish and awful French. Uh, I got to pay, I got to watch, you know, I can't just background things and catch up. Uh, but it's a lot of research and I like to go deeper than just, oh, I watched it. This is what I thought. Um, cause we're doing expert stuff there. Like it's, it's really, f- some of the best conversations I've had in podcasting have been over those horror specials. So they they really hold a, a special place to me. So that's, that's there. Um, trying to pep for my end of the year shows. And then I've got Doctober fat, like it's really busy, but I, I get really worked up. But at the end of the day, I feel glad I, I went through this time every year. Also, being a Blu-ray and 4K reviewer, they ramp up the titles this time of year. So that happens too. So It's like your tax season. Yeah, I guess. I guess maybe. Um, but like with the Blu-rays and stuff, like there's going to be... Um, I can't talk now, but there's going to be some changes with my Blu-ray stuff. Because it's just... It's been years coming and it's it's going to come uh but i'm i'm also i'm starting to do instead of writing um it's kind of easier for me to to film videos with those now so i i may be doing a lot more of that to to get them in because i it's it's i don't think people understand like i get them free they sent the studio send them to me or a marketing firm sends them to me and like i owe them my work for sending it free, which granted, if you take the time and effort, they're getting a hell of a deal because they're sending me like a 20 to $30 item. And I'm probably putting in like, probably making like two bucks an hour with what I can do. <laughs> but I like it. And it saves me. It saves me the money. It saves my wife, the grief of like, why are you spending so much on those? Um, and I owe them something at least around, I prefer before the release date if possible because it's meant as a part of the marketing to sell. Like, is this good? Should I get it before it comes out? Whatever. Or around the release date. Um, 
so that's always that's some pressure. I don't think people really because I see a lot of people. There's the Blu-ray.com forums. Fucking hate me. Uh, they can be a bunch of chodes, but like, they're like, oh, you just hoarding free ones, just doing it for free. I'm like, there's a lot of work that goes. Even if you think I'm a shitty reviewer, there's a lot of work going into this. It's not easy. And if it was, why don't you make your own blog? Why don't you get like, how are you not getting the connections to get these things? You know, I I did Blu-ray DVD uh, Blu-ray QC for uh, DVD QC for like four years down in Los Angeles, and I've been writing for Weiss of Blue now for. 11 years or no 10 years so you know why aren't you doing that if you're so into it why aren't you doing right (laughs) but yeah it's a lot of work that goes into that stuff like i just i put a sane amount of work time and effort into things that i don't think people ever realized that while also i'm not special i work a job 40 hours a week yeah i have a job i i do (laughs) people and a family and a family i have a wife kids I have a dog, a cat, like, and I guess I can count two guinea pigs. We have two guinea pigs, too, um, which I didn't ask for. Uh, but, um, yeah, like, I, I work four years every week, and then I do this on top of it, which a lot of people, there's a lot of people I don't see in a lot they, they think that the podcast is, like, all I do. They think that's, like, someone's actually paying me a salary, a livable salary for it. And that is not the case. Um, I work too, and they're like, "Oh, what? That's a lot of effort." I'm like, "Yeah, because I love it." Like people don't they do they not have a thing like that they strive to do to put the work. Like, sure, I'd love someone to pay me for it, but like and all that stuff. But I don't think it's out there a lot of the time. Like luck of the draw out there, sure, but it's something like for like passion doing it like that. But like people like, oh, that's a lot of a lot of effort. I'm like, well, yeah, because. It's, I don't know. I like, it's hard to explain, but it's, it's so weird to see the look on people's face, almost like a look of horror. Like, you do that in addition to that? Like, I think it's, it's horror and it's some, it's, it's, I think people are oftentimes very impressed and it can also feel very confronting for people, which is, by the way, their shit, not yours, because yeah. it's, you know, it is, I, I, you have to have the passion for it, right? In, in my, I mean, we, we can do anything, but when you have the passion for something like that, because it energizes you, right? So it helps to give you energy. And so it's not like you're just going, you know, you're schlepping from like this job to that job. And it's right. like, I mean, again, you can do anything if you had to feed yourself and your family, whatever. But this is when you're passionate about something and you really love it and enjoy it, you you'll you'll find the time for it and you know it's it's kind of like people when when i work with a lot of people who are trying to either build a business or start a creative endeavor or they want to do something like this right and they look at people out there who who are successful in whatever way we define success right and you know maybe they are making a living off it now or regardless and they go well you know they make it look so easy but you don't see everything that was behind the scenes for years overnight success mm-hmm. is not overnight success no it, listen i've been plugging away at this and doing this and trying it all the wrong ways right some of us have to do it all the wrong ways before we figure out the right ways maybe that's me anyway <laughs> and then you know all of a sudden overnight you 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 know something takes off for you and, and people have this perception that it somehow came easily, but it didn't. It was the process of you kept going and didn't give up because you just were passionate about it and loved what you did. Yeah. And 
it's, you know, to your point, there's other things that get woven in there too about how to do it and how we have a perception sometimes of how we need to do it versus like, well, you know, you were given the example of like October and doing those interviews. It's like, mm-hmm. what, what my question to you then would be, how can we take what you're doing there and repurpose into that pot, into your podcast, right? So right. Like, th- these are the things, this is how my brain works with stuff like that. Cause I'm like, how can I take the things that I want to do and streamline them together? Because I can, we, I think we can all get in these like fixed buckets of it mm-hmm. has to look this way and it has to, you know, it has to look a certain right. way. And I think that's kind of what you're alluding to now is like some, some things have to shift. Have and, to this, and this is why I called it the Brandon Peters show, because if yeah. it changes, I'm still here. So this is why I run my own business. because I <laughs> <make> decisions. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I, I called it my, if I called it something like, you know, something specific, you're painted in a corner. So if I just called it myself, it could be today's episode. That's exactly what it is. Um, and why I, I like that idea of not having myself put in a corner with things yeah. like that. But I, yeah, so it's, um, yeah, it's hard to do. And I'll tell you one thing that, mm, you want to know what, what really, you can make me sour really fast? I'll know what burns your biscuits. <laughs> burns my biscuits, yeah. So I've noticed this, this will bur- get me so mad if someone, anybody, if they ever call what I'm doing here, a hobby. Uh-huh. <laughs> that fucking, you're de- it's like you're dead to me. Like you have, <laughs> I don't know what, and I just don't like that word with what, like, cause like to me, a hobby is like my, like, like my Doctor Who figurines. Yeah. Like there's no effort to that. I just like, I have a collection of things. Like I'm not, there's no work involved in that or whatever. It's different stuff and like it's casual right. to do. And you're calling crochet all. is a hobby. Crochet is a hobby. Okay. Okay. Sorry, crochet players, if you get or crochet yeah. player. <laughs> Crocheters. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get that set all pissed off. And, and yep. I, more of like the nuance of I think there's the the passion project. I don't mm-hmm. I, like, I don't know how you feel about that term, but I see passion it as is fine. Yeah, a, a passion project is something that at some point very likely could be, could be monetized. It's something that you're pouring your heart and soul into because you it matters to you, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It matters to you. Yeah, passion project is fine. I have no problem. Like some of my favorite films were made as passion projects. Like, right. That's, that's the blank check you give a director after he makes billions of dollars on a movie or makes a lot of, uh, like, you know, that's a what they do. I, you know, but like I just I hear that and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, and some people know it's like if you want to take me down, pegs, you're gonna call it a hobby. Like, yeah, sure. Like that's all. Like, okay. So don't call it that like ever, <laughs> ever. Like my wife has accidentally, and she's like, oh. she's like it's yeah, it's not. Don't absolutely like, out of the room. Don't make any sudden mention. Yep. No, don't call it. Don't call it that. It just, that's, just, it annoys me. Cause I feel like they're, you're lessening what I'm doing. That's, that's, that's what I feel. Sorry, hobbyist. Uh, sorry, hobby lobby. But you know, that's, that's just how I feel about that. That word with everything I put in. Um, uh, here's so here's this thing I brought up twice and said get to later. Interesting with 
going into year four. With my old show, which was called Cult Cinema Cavalcade, this was like that show went for like five years, but this is the point where I was done with that. Like, I wanted to cash out. I I was I was through with it, but it was somewhere yeah between like year three to year four. Like I was I was done, and it still kept going. Um, I had a goal of like five years with it anyway, and I, I stuck it out. Um, but I think I probably should have got out of it earlier. I don't know. Um, and did this, but who knows? Maybe I needed the, I needed the pandemic to both stop that one and start the new one. I don't know. Um, but that goal barely happened to five. And, um, there was a whole year before that show started where we were planning it. So while it didn't debut till 2015, we'd been, we were talking about all throughout 2014 and 2015, early 2015. Um, so it was longer than a five-year endeavor for me. Um, but like I even, there was once with it where I was like, I, I told him, I'm like, I'm ending it tonight. I asked my co-host of that to go to a dinner. And I said, we need to talk about something important. You and I just be prepared. Brought his fucking wife with him, <laughs> who, who's now ex-wife. But... um and I'm like, I can't, t- this is not cool. This is like, I said you, and I, I chickened out. I didn't, I didn't bring it up. I didn't bring it up. And I, sh- I wish I would have. Um, Cause yeah, that was a, that was a thing where I was probably, I, I like if I it was sort of like a, well, if I'm going to do all the work and everything anyway, I should be just doing my own show. But at the time, I think my idea was to axe that person and get another person. But I don't know. I don't know. But it's kind of weird that I'm here now with that. But here, I'm not ready to stop. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, don't, I don't see it. There's times where I'm like, my brain gets fried. And I'm like, I should retire. I should just, <laughs> I should give, I just hang this all up. But I'm always like... Every time I hit a point, I get uh, like rejuvenated, elated, uh, like keep going. Um, And I'm in a really good, really, really happy, good spot now. Um, I just need to have time to do certain things and um, I'm good. Um, But um, but yeah, so this is a this is a weird spot. So I'm like I'm remembering being in that show being like, well, this is but this is where you were wanting to sack the old show. But no. Yeah, well, and I think it's a different sort of, I, I think that it's, it's also learning to understand when you're really done with something and when something is just evolving a little bit. Right? right. Like, and I think that's the difference of it's, you know, things grow and evolve and shift. And I also think that sometimes people don't talk about, even when it's something that you're passionate about and you love doing mm-hmm. and you're committed to doing, you still have times or seasons or moments when it's like things will get fuzzy or things will get dark and things, mm-hmm. you know, it, and that's a moment of, I think most people I know who've ever been uh, in entrepreneurial endeavors of any kind, even highly successful ones have moments where they go, what the fuck am I even doing? Yeah. Like I, it's a very natural thing. And sometimes you can go through, like I call it the void, right? right. Uh, I thought I had so much clarity and I was doing this and now like, I still want to do this, but what does this look like? And it's sort of like this, 
this mini dark night of the soul with whatever it is you're working on and coming out of it and, and recreating it. But to your point, I think the, the telling sign is that it's, it's still, it's still energizing. Right. It's like, you sort of, I just went through a season like that myself. And I knew while I was going through it, I was like, I'm not going to be dramatic about it because now I know what this is. Like in younger years, Mm -hmm. I would have been like, Oh God. And I was like, just, okay, this is where we are. And I'll come out on the side of it. And you, you get a whole new burst of energy and ideas and creativity and whatever. And you also figure out what needs to fall away and what's right. not what fit anymore in the way that it was. Yeah. It, it's it's weird because like saying that like your younger self and everything, I mean, like this drive, this this push and, and fire I've had, like didn't really come out in Los Angeles when I lived there and I was trying to be in the entertainment industry and I was working and doing that. Like there was, there was some, I mean, I got out there that, that takes a lot. There's stuff, but there was a lot I learned about myself while I was there. And it didn't happen right when I moved home. It didn't happen until like after I had my first kid that these wheels started turning. I'm like, why when I like, I don't know why when that stuff happened that like things get more and more and more and more and more and more. Cause I remember like it started with um, Scott Mendelson when he, when he called and needed me to write uh, for his site. And like, yeah, why not? You know, maybe it's cause I was home a lot. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I, I should be doing that anyway. It was something I always wanted to do. And, and then it, that led to, to more writing to writing on my own, to writing for Why So Blue, to podcast, to do my own podcast, to do it like, and then doing convention, like all that. It has just grown, like it's big. And I felt like too with my my old show too. There's a lot of holding back um, that I think when I did the Brandon Peters show just unleashed because it had been held back for a few years, um, just because I was more ambitious than a 50, 50 partnership was mm-hmm. letting me kind of be um at the time like i was yeah and there's a lot of stuff i just wanted to do without anyone being like eh, i don't know that would take work um or effort so that's kind of like where the show kind of exploded from but dirty little secret when i started the show i thought well if i'm going to be new and i want to have newer people and like guests i want it to look like it's been around for a while so if i do like four to five segments a week that's going to stack up the episodes real fast. And it's going to look like I've had a lot. So that's kind of why it went so big at the beginning. But also it was just a lot of ideas I wanted to explore. And I wanted to have a variety show of something to listen to throughout the week. And But also part of that was like, well, if I reach out to some publicist, uh, somebody, I want them to look back and be like, oh, he just started yeah (laughs) so if i sneakily like so like by november when i started the show i looked like i'd been around at least a year because of that so yeah but that's kind of yeah like i don't know where like my yeah my younger self like tell him like oh yeah you're gonna not only have two children uh married and a job but you're gonna be working like you never worked before so that but that's like, I, I, I don't know. I see that. Per- I, I've studied a lot about sort of like how, how men grow and develop and grow, come into their own. And honestly, yeah. sometimes it's like in that season in your, I don't know when you had your kids, but it's like that season when you're in their thirties and you start to have a family where then it's like you, the impulse that's not necessarily a conscious one is like 
building your empire, whatever it is, right? Like you get this sort of newfound energy for these things that maybe wasn't there. And so that's like, as you were talking about that, I was like, oh yeah, no, he's he's like going through this phase. That's exactly what happened. And then everything starts to grow and build. Or maybe something finally clicked where I felt like I could do something with what yeah. I had, what I had always been around and denied and stuff like because I t- like when we were out and when we lived in Los Angeles like my friend Scott was the odd one out because he was like you want to be the film writer critic guy get fuck out of here like we're all <laughs> actors and writers and want to be directors like oh well, he's a camera guy he's he's the edgy one you know like he's cool oh, we got our musician friends and you're writing about it all get out of here and now like a lot of them that I know have gone into more commentary positions or endeavors like and my friend john roca he came on here he's like you know scott had it fucking right to begin with we just were all too proud so <laughs> so yeah it's kind of kind of funny but yeah um but yeah like that's yeah it's just crazy the explosion of that i'm able to do it like i'm 41 years old and yeah 30-year-old me wasn't doing this. 20s me wasn't even at this. So, like... I think that's also, you know, there's still a misperception. I see, you know, people in their 20s or I talk to clients in their 20s that have all this pressure on them about what they're doing in their life. And I'm like, I'm going to be 40 fucking four in two weeks. And Mm -hmm. my life is just starting in the very best way. Like... It's, it's, you get to have these new evolutions and seasons and ages, just a fucking number. And I think there's a, well, not everybody. Cause I also say uh, getting older, it, age is no indication of anything other than you haven't died yet. It's not an indication <laughs> you've actually learned anything, but hopefully the older you get, the more wisdom you have and the more you can actually create and do things from a much more grounded place and it's just, I don't know. I'm in the best mm-hmm. season of my life and, you know, I'm yeah. not quite even mid forties yet. And I think it's just going to get better. Right. But, yeah. I, I'm a person. I've never, I'm like, Oh, I wish I was back. And like everybody, oh, like, no. no, like I had a friend tell me like, Oh, I miss those, the college days. And I'm like, no, I was fucking broke and drunk and living in shit holes. And my liver just twitched. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, no, it wasn't. I mean, good. they were fun, right? We got they to were- hang out every day, but we had, and, I really would not, there's not necessarily a season of my life I would go back to because I'm actually very happy with where I am and mm-hmm. and who I am. And the only reason I would go back is if I can go back knowing what I know now and probably invest in certain stocks and things. But Right, right, for money. Yeah, and I, I tell you what, one of my most, um, she's been on the show twice. Um, she hasn't been on... It, like I tried to get her for summer of 90, 82 and 93. She declined politely. Um, just has stuff going on. And I'm glad because that means she's working. Um, but uh, Chelsea Christer, who's a director, um, I met through here. Um, I reviewed her movie. Uh, and, then her, and then I asked her publicist uh, if she could come on, um, talk to her a bit. And um, she directed this movie called Bleeding Audio, which is about a, a group called a band called The Matches, which was this kind of like you know, emo punk band from the early two thousands that got really close to fame, but could never get over the hump to get like a a big hit or something to stick around. And then they just kind of like they had a good like eight years and faded. And she talked, and her and I when we were talking about uh, music artists and musicians is like there's no there's no like 
guidance for like fallback on what happens after because just because your band didn't make it doesn't mean you can't find success in other areas and things like that and she says we don't really properly maybe as a species or a or a country like me, we don't properly measure success we yes. don't we we put a lot of monetary value on success we put a lot of um you know, fame points on success, but that band was ideally successful. They got to tour the globe. They got to open for big bands. They had music videos. They had albums. They worked with, uh, I think, uh, Nick Hexum produced one of their albums and Mark Hoppus from Blink-182, he did. Uh, Like, that's, that's awesome. Who gets to, like, talk about that? And then, like, these other band members, one of them, one of them produces one of them's like a graphic designer now and like all this stuff but they don't they don't teach like what after you know what can you do after but even though you're it was a it's a memory it's short it was a little window that's still like a lot and more than most people had in your failure than what you know i mean they didn't come out rich they didn't you know and then at the end, they, they they ended up getting back together and they played dates once in a while. They're like packed houses that, you know, they used to. Um, but like, and I, I have always, it's weird to me. And that, that stuck with me a lot because I've always, success to me is being able to do this and being able, having to, to reach one person doing it that actually, that likes, that likes what I'm doing, that wants to communicate or wants to like talk or says i that was a good thing like doing it like i know my wife would love if i just did this and made all the monies but to me like the the dollar amount the like the fame part is not that's not to me everything because i love doing this and i don't think a lot of people i think they want to do this but they don't love doing it they see like, oh, someone will know who I am. Mm-hmm. And I, while I like that about what comes with me, like that's not everything. That's not all of it. Like it's just, it's weird. Cause I, I see colleagues, people I know, people I like, people stuff went on their, on their social medias like X. Remember when we recorded last time, Jennifer, it was called Twitter. And then now it's called X. <laughs> I like to point that out. Um, short time ago, because all my summer episodes said Twitter, and it had changed all that. So, where I'm going? So, like, I I work my ass off here. I I put in countless hours. My edit, like, I don't edit as meticulously as I used to. Sorry, folks, I just don't have the time. But it used to be, I used to spend for every ten minutes of an episode, I probably spent an hour editing. That's mm-hmm. what I would do. Um, and then you think about, I'm also writing reviews for Why So Blue. I'm also filming those shorts. I'm also doing other episodes of the show. I'm sharing stuff on social media. That's a fucking, I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I see them online. I wish, I see, I see comments that just infuriate me. Like, I wish someone would pay me to write an article about, fill in the blank. Why? Go fucking write it. Go put it on your blog. Like, it drives me nuts. I got a free blog. It was called Naptown Nerd. It was naptownnerd.blogspot.com. That's not fancy, but you know where it's at. And if you type it in, it comes up. And I could write there. I could put pictures there. Nobody stopped me. I wrote what I wanted. What I get out of it, I bought, you know, it looked good when I went to Why So Blue, where you know how much money I make there? 
Zero dollars. I do get free Blu-rays. That's nice incentive. But I liked writing. And I was writing these articles because I wanted to, because I liked it. Because if I have an idea, I write it. What stop it? Why does someone have to pay you to write that? Like, it drives me fucking up the wall. Well, and there's, God, there's so much, oh, so many things to think. So, I, I mean, for, first of all, it's, I, people have, and this is the work that, some of the work that I do with people, mm-hmm. well, only the people who want to break the blocks. I don't go, all due respect, go pay a therapist to listen to you whine, come to me when you're ready to change. Right. But it's, it's the people getting these very fixed ideas. And the truth is in this day and age, we have never had so much free and easy access to create for the sake of creating. And I think yeah. and I see a lot in the, you know, in, in the entrepreneurial world of like, there's so much pressure that we can put on ourselves that, Oh, I have to create it and monetize it and I have to do this. And it just like, to me, it chokes the life out of it. Mm-hmm. And, and really, if you want to start a blog, if you want to do, do it because you want to, right. right. And, and when I finally started my blog years ago, it was, I, if it helps one person to me, that's a win and I'm ha- and I have fun doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, I must, <laughs> I must've been, I, I couldn't figure out where this thought came from last night, but now it all connects. And I, I, my brain is always thinking about things. Right. And I was laying in bed last night thinking about better to burn out than to fade away. Right. <laughs> that, that quote. And I was thinking to exactly what you were just talking about. Why is it that we don't talk about it's a season and it was something cool you did. Yeah. Right. And, and you did, and, and we will get locked into as humans, we like to make meaning of things and we like to tell stories. And then our, you know, there's a whole science as to then how we get down the fucking rabbit hole with our brains and stay there. But why is it not just, this was some cool shit I did and it was cool. And we tried it. Mm-hmm. Right. And we had fun doing it. And we learned some cool things and now we've moved on to this other thing right. as opposed to sometimes people camp out here. It's like the, the analogy that comes to me is like the, you know, sort of stereotypical football cheerleader, you know, they peaked in high school. Yeah. Like there's so much more to life. I was just, I was talking to my bonus kid about this the other day. Cause I was telling him how I used to ride a motorcycle and I tried it for a while and turns out I didn't want to take the risk to do it yeah. anymore. And so I didn't, but now it's a cool fucking story I have about this like cool thing they did. Doesn't mean yeah. thing. And I think it's a whole shift that we need to make as a society around this whole definition of, of success. And that's what a lot of the work that I do. It's like, you know, people kind of go into these things with these unconscious ideas of like, oh, success means I have to keep getting promoted and I have to make this much money and I have to do this and I have to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, you're fucking miserable. So is that success? Yeah. No, not in my book. Right. And also success doesn't have to be, you can have that kind of success and make money doing it. It's not, you can only be happy if you're, that's a whole other ball of wax. I could go down so many rabbit holes. You got to keep me centered here, Brandon, or I'll go off. <laughs> but it really is like, and I think that's the thing of that. To me, if you think about it, you do the rocking chair test, right? When I look back on my life, do I, I want to say I did some really cool shit and hopefully I helped some people along the way and I had a lot of fun doing yeah. it. Mm-hmm. That to yeah. me is success. Yeah. So, you know, it's shifting that narrative. Uh, and also I think just normalizing the fact that own what you do, like be yeah. proud of what, what you do and whatever you're doing and fuck what anybody else thinks. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and I, I know there's the term like fake it, like you made it, but like, I don't, 
I don't think so. If you feel you made it, then there's no faking. Like exactly. Sell yourself. Be high yeah. on like that's that that's tends what I do. Like I, I know my numbers and stuff like that. And I've seen like my social media, like the and I I'm I'm really weird. Like we made a joke over summer ninety three at thirty with Scott, Aaron and I about smash the like and subscribe button if but if there's something you've never heard me talk about on my show is to tell you to subscribe or like my show because I want you to do it on your own. Yeah. I don't if you like me, cool. I want genuine likes. I want genuine like when I look like at my YouTube views and stuff, like I see people with a lot more subscribers than me. Like a lot more thousands, whatever. I have like five hundred and some. But I have way more views on my videos than those people. They get like a view, two views. Like, what's that? Like, what do you mean? Like, well, and and I've you know? I've always been of the mind that well, the other thing is you have a lot of people that are lurkers. There was about ninety five percent lurkers right. mm-hmm. watching and consuming, and not it doesn't matter how many times you tell them to like and subscribe, they're right. not going to do it. Like, they're still. It's the concept of having raving fans. I would rather have a hundred raving fans than a hundred thousand like random people following me. Who right. Are not out of my content. That forgot they followed you. Don't even know what you are. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I, and, and I go always, I've talked about this before and I keep bringing up Scott, but fucking a, uh, Scott, like he didn't have like the biggest numbers of his blog, but he had the one right person reading it. And that's what landed him when he went to Forbes from Forbes yeah. now he's out the rap but one person got him there at Forbes. Yes. I you know and, and when people will write for the masses or on social media, right? It's like, "Oh, well, I have to get by this, my that." And it's like, "Well, if you would just like express what you want to express and don't give a f- I don't even look at analytics. I don't I don't care." Mm-hmm. Because it's it the whole don't get me started on the algorithm. Nope, nope. But but you just you write and express the way that you want to write and express it. And yeah. it's going to resonate with the right people. And that's so much more authentic than trying to sound like anybody else. Right. Point, that's a great example, right? He's doing this and it wasn't, a, it's it's quality over quantity. And because he was showing up writing, well, I'm, I'm presumably writing what he run, wanted to write, it resonated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well- yeah. And it's fucking exhausting trying to write for the people in the back cheap seats. But right, know. yeah, no, I want my thing. I I've been like, while there will be some times where I feel like I could interestingly tie something into something modern, like I you literally do my show to do what I'm interested in with my show. Like I mm-hmm. don't need to. There's so many avenues I don't need to go down, but. Um, if there's an interesting angle on something that might be popular, more popular than I, I'll I. And it fits me. I might take it. I might do it. I think what 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 I have planned for December on this show um, is going to fit that. But I've got the good reason why, um, and I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, no listeners, I'm not going to spill the beans on it. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's just weird. And like with things like uh, my success with like Popcon, that's been not from them like listening to my show uh, and stuff like well it's it's kind of like it's come for that but like it's a relationship built and showing what i can do being proactive and then being you know handed keys to things and like and then like with Oktoberfest coming here the here now festival there's a possibility of something else in the works um for next year but uh with something else so um 
fingers crossed that pans out. But like these things aren't based on like, well, let's see his numbers. Like, oh, that guy's doing good stuff. I like that, you know, not to suit my horn because like I said, I'm a schmuck. I'm like, okay, you want me? Fine. And I worry about things when I do. And like, I'm, am I even shitty? Like, I, I don't know. It felt, um, both the popcorns felt really good about what I did this year. Um, just like feedback came through. It's nice because a lot of times people don't give you feedback. You just have to go on, well, huh, was I right? Was that fine? But um, I did feel really bad at PopCon Louisville, though. All the Sunday people, I think a couple Saturdays, um, something happened with the SD card that recorded the live podcast. And I, I, either, I either lost it or someone stole it while I was closing down and I was not able to give them recordings and I felt oh. amateur and awful. And that was my first time being, so this year is the first time I've been part of the PopCon crew. Like I've always been there, but I've always been like, oh, he's Brandon. He gets away with things. Like he, he, he does like, he'll do stuff with podcasts in the podcast stage, but this is the year. Like this is yours now. This is, this is all you. And it's been a grind with that. Like, I don't think people understand how many emails I have to get. Still getting, still getting popcorn ended weeks ago from people. Um, but it's, I love it though. I enjoy that. I enjoy owning it. Um, trying to improve it, doing things and making, you know, people know about it. I mean, people visual, cause it used to be just this fucking table in a fucking atrium that I was like, what's going on there? I don't know. People are talking in a mic and I wanted to showcase it. And it's been getting bigger and better the last few years. Um, just because, you know, putting care into it. But, like, yeah. So, th- those things just, I don't know. Success to me is different. Like, I feel successful having got to that mm-hmm. and, and doing things rather than just, like, oh, you know, <laughs> I'm making blah, blah, blah off this ad. And, like, I don't have sponsors. I've been offered weird sponsors that don't fit. And I'm just, like, no. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. There's, like, monetize, monetize. Mon- 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 you got to yes. monetize what you're doing. You got mon. No. <laughs> I mean, if it comes, someone can do it, but like. Well, and I think it's a, there's a balance there. And, and I, I walk that too, because I also mm-hmm. will err on the side of, I won't, I won't do something like that if I think it's even remotely, you know, and it's possible I'd missed out on opportunities, but I'd rather right. miss out on things and feel like I'm in integrity with myself. And it's also, uh, you know, what I've seen is I have also had to shift my mindset more to how do I monetize in ways that feel really good for me and that don't feel like, mm-hmm. I, you know, and this is just my my own little pet peeves, but like, don't interrupt your fucking podcast with your stupid fucking ad. I'm not listening for your ad. Like I want to, it's just personal preference. <laughs> right. <laughs> Unless it's 30, totally- 30, 30. Yeah. 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 I'm just I'm gonna skip through it and I'm gonna be annoyed that she sold out. But <laughs> Right. How, how much is that ad really paying you? Because yeah, I've I've, t- I've been offered numbers and I'm like, no, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> or we'll send you free things that you don't want. You know, I and I've been in sales for over twenty years and I have such radar for bad sales. <laughs> <laughs> and bad marketing. Yeah. Well, every time when I'm on Instagram and I have like, you have hidden messages. I'm like, oh, who wants to sponsor the show or who wants, who's trying to offer me some spam ad or something? That's every time. And all, and I always, I also get every frequently, hey, 
you got a nice logo, but we can make a better one. I'm like, really? The logo that people have constantly, there's one nice thing I've been told about this show is my logo. <laughs> yeah. My, my personal one. And, and again, I just, it just, it, I, I just see it coming from a mile away. And to me, it just feels so gross because there are business coaches out there that are teaching other business coaches how to approach. And so they start, right? They start by following and then I'll comment mm-hmm. on a few of my posts and then they'll slide into my DMs and then I slide over and block their ass. Yep, that's what I do. You'll see because friendship. Like, oh, because I check their profile and I'm like, oh, you're a business coach. Blocked. Block. <laughs> If I want your help, I will find you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like when the rec- the recruiter friends you on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the most boring social media platform. You know, at least recruiters are straightforward. Although I don't like the the ones who have the. I mean, come on, people do better. There's Say, no- hey, would you like to grab a coffee sometime? Yeah, it's on. It's on me. Read my profile. Like I just, yeah. I, I have a no tolerance for. Oh. for- sales. <laughs> Here's a good one. Here's a good one. I get offers. So I got called by somebody because on the Brandon Peters, I list the Brandon Peters show on because I do a lot for this fucking show. I don't care if it's my own. It's on my LinkedIn. It says marketing director because that's what I fucking do. Oh, I, I got a call about giving a seminar. And I'm like, do you know what I do? You know who I am? Like, I'm you don't want me. I'm, I told I told him you, you don't want me like, no. I'm not what you other okay, and then I also get because I put host, um, I get suggested um, suggested career opportunities at Bob Evans, um, nice. Outback Steakhouse. I'm like, that's not what I'm. Hmm. Not the not the right type of host. <laughs> not that kind of host. But unfortunately, not hostess. The yes, company that <laughs> that makes the 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 food. But yeah, so there. Yeah, that that bullshit. Um, oh. Where was I with that? I don't know. <laughs> don't get me started. We'll be here all night. We'll be here all night. Yeah. So, uh, right. Um, so, yeah, this, like, yeah, this stuff just gets me. I, I, w- I want to share something uh, with my, I'm, re- I'm ready to talk about it now uh, with my all listeners right. about um, my an incident that happened while I was at Louisville PopCon uh, this summer that was kind of life changing or, well, changing whatever. Um, I don't know how to segue into it, and everybody knows I'm bad at segues, so we'll just go right to it. But I, so I actually, I, I, um, and I mentioned this to you, uh, but I, I survived a shooting this summer, which was quite the episode. Um, but I didn't talk about it. Uh, I didn't want to talk about it on social media. I didn't want to like bring light to it because it had nothing to do with popcorn. I just, mm-hmm. I picked the wrong place to eat dinner one night. That's mm-hmm. literally, literally it. Like I picked the wrong place to eat dinner, um, and uh, I like we were um, so on Friday, like so, like the Friday night popcorn. I was uh, me and my friends. I was with um, producer Brad and his wife Michelle, um, and uh, one of her friends. We were they, they were working the drag show, selling shirts outside the drag show at popcorn. And we were going to eat, and we had had Mexican the night before. And where we were at in Louisville, it was literally like Mexican restaurants, Mexican restaurants, Mexican restaurants, pizza, Mexican restaurants, Mexican. And we're like, fuck. And there was a bowling alley next to the uh, convention center or uh, exposition center that uh, we were told had good burgers or something like that, whatever. So we went, and it was a dive, and it was 
a beautiful little dive. Like, I don't think the burgers are that good. But um, the place where we, the dining area we ate was at, like, so you know how bowling alleys have, like, always have, like, a hall when you walk in? I don't know why, but they always have this long hall. And to the left of it, when you entered, it was, like, you could see, like, through bar, like through little columns and stuff. It was this place. And it was all wood paneled in there and old looking. And um, we saw a guy bowling. He had this big chain on. It was... It was an interesting night, and um, so we're sitting there eating, and then I saw some friends of mine. Uh, it was uh, Wolfgar. Uh, for, for, he's been on the show before. Wolfgar Weapons and Props. He came there, and they went to bowl. They were going bowling, and so while we're we finished, we're sitting there eating, and uh, Brad had gone to the restroom, and then we like uh, like heard this woman screaming about yelling, and these kids or we heard these people running by, and we saw them. And then the parking lot, I remember, like, because we were, our table was here, and then, like, there was the window for the front there. And, like, looked out, and there's all these shoes all over the ground. So I assume they were stealing shoes, people's shoes, because they were bowling, and some people mm-hmm. probably put their money and wallets and stuff and keys in them. And this one guy was getting punched a bunch in the parking lot. And, going, and then we see, like, this woman from the bowling alley yelling at people out front. And then Brad came up from the window and, I last thing I remember is Michelle going, Brad's wife going, "What's Brad doing out there?" And then all of a sudden we hear pop, 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 and we like, I just like got, got down, and you hear like shots fired, shots fired, and the bartender and the air is like, "Get over here, get over here." So we were under the bar and like bar sludge and shit, and it was like it was going on for like what felt like for fucking ever, and aftermath of it, apparently police found like um. Like 49 shells from three different guns in the parking lot. Yeah. And then one of the people from the bowling alley who was staring next to Brad outside, she got shot in the leg. They pulled her in. And then, like, all the shots stopped or whatever. And then, like, there's there's little anecdotes that go with this, but I'm going to make the story shorter. But, like, cop came in. It's like, if you didn't see anything, get the fuck out of here. And we, I, I, I left, went back to my hotel. And, uh, Apparently, like, last thing I remember was a cop yelling at Michelle quit stepping in the glass. I was by myself, so I drove back to my hotel. They, um, their friend of Michelle's had a bullet go through her back window, and they were there till, like, three or four in the morning. And, like, I went back, and it was just weird. Like, I went back, and I saw uh, owner of PopCon, Carl, and he was like, well, where have you been? And I was like, oh, dude. And I told him his face went white. He's like, sit down. We're going to have some drinks tonight. And I I was like, can I just call my wife real quick? I thought you should know immediately about this because there were people. There weren't just PopCon people. There were other like vendor people from there. And he's like, all right, all right. And so I called my wife. And then like I had friends and stuff. Like I had my, my friend Megan was there, which I never seen her. I see her at conventions, but she was there. And so that was nice. That was like someone I'm like, all right, good friend here to have like, because I can't have my like wife or anything here, so I'm like, all right, this is nice. And then I like it was it was crazy because I got put in the celebrity hotel because some ho- something or other late edition celebrity hotel. I wasn't with the crew hotel, and so like Cooper Andrews from like Walking Dead, and he's the stepdad on Shazam. He was really cool. Like we chatted, he was a talk through things and um, some anime voice actors that I I don't watch anime, so I don't know. Um, 
and stuff. But like, and I was like the known as like the the shooting kid in the hotel because the next morning I came down, there's like, hey, hey, he was there. Oh, I was like, oh god. But I just compacted it all, and like I'm like, I gotta get the show's gotta go on. I'm fucking stuck in Louisville. I gotta, I'm gonna do this, get through. And I had, and I told Carl, I'm like, I had a great con. I just had one bad night. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, there was, I mean, there was crazy stuff. Like we found out one of the vendors, they sleep in a trailer instead of getting a hotel. They got like set up like a little apartment or something. And one of the bullets whizzed by one of their heads by their beds. Like they kept getting crazier. And the woman who got shot bullets stuck in her for good. They wouldn't remove it. So yeah. But yeah, that that's something that happened to me that. So if you want yeah, that's what a podcaster goes through. <laughs> something like that but i thought i should share it with my listeners because it's a crazy story and carl said look you he's like you might have some material for your show i'm like i'm not ready to talk about it yet so yeah. thought yeah. i'd share it now but Gotta that, be ready to share those types of things yeah i i took it took me a while got like i did not leave my basement on fourth of july yeah yeah because this was at the end of june when popcom was uh yeah. toward middle june i'm like i didn't i i was not going anywhere fourth of july um baseball game i went to the summer i was like well as long as it's not friday night when they do the fireworks sorry uh just kind of wild like hearing things like it, it it was strange like and it kept it was like just this surreal memory that kept coming through my brain and talking about or like it was weird and i'll tell you what like at no point did i ever feel that if i myself owned a gun that I would feel any safer or could have that situation would have been any better. So I, I can't go with the good guy with a gun thing. Cause I feel like a good guy might've made a made worse. Cause there was enough ricochet going on. So at my hotel, which was near the bowling alley, they thought a firecracker got thrown at him, but it was a ricochet of the bullet wow. that went that far and stuff. So I, uh, yeah, I just was like, it, it was nuts. Um, yeah. But now it's like, it's weird because I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I would sit there and I would have like, just like, like it took me a while to really get, not think about it. So like for like weeks, every, every second of the day was thinking about it. It was wild. Yeah. So. And stop me if you don't want to, but, but that's actually, so that's a lot of the work that I, cause I went through not quite a similar situation, but you know, some, some traumatic situations and, and how the brain responds to that and how your nervous mm-hmm. system responds to that and how we end up like continually traumatizing ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. And it happens, some of it happens automatically. And then we keep telling the story and we keep telling the story and we keep telling the story mm-hmm. and we reliving it. Yeah. And so there's this, I, and I went through this and I now take clients through this and I'm sitting here going, Brandon, when can we do this on you? But, but it's, it's like therapeutic memory reconsolidation where basically you're going back and you're shifting it so that it doesn't have the charge. So next time a firecracker goes off, you don't mm-hmm. have the same kind of response, right? Because yeah. it is one of those things that it's that moment that gets frozen in your nervous system, right? And it's just, and you don't necessarily realize because you know, cognitively, I think, and I don't know what your experience was, but I think cognitively we go, well, it happened and it's done and I'm fine and, and whatever. And you keep having all these, you know, whether it's flashbacks or reliving it or these things that you keep looping around and it's, and it gets stuck in, frankly, it gets stuck in your nervous system. It does time to unwind. It's a very real type of thing. And there are a lot of techniques and tools and methods out there that people don't talk enough about 
to mm-hmm. help with that, right? It's just mm-hmm. like, you know, things to help soldiers with PTSD. And it happens. I mean, that's you had a form of PTSD from that. Yeah. It's, it's fucking traumatic. Yeah. No, it's, it's why. And granted, it was, I was inside and it was going outside, but I didn't know if they were coming back in. Because it's, you don't know. Yeah. And you're, you're completely in the uncertainty and the survival. And you just, it's, it's the, un, and, you know, to your point, it, it probably would have made it worse at that point because you don't know. It's so chaotic that it's mm-hmm. just, you're, you're just, your whole entire system goes into what it's supposed to do, which is try and keep you alive. Yeah. And then yeah. you just playing that out over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was wild. And then when I got home and like, I got home Sunday night and I saw my kids, it was just over. I was just like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was, it, it, it was just, it was, batshit crazy that happened and stuff like that and i was just thinking about it like it's it's weird um one thing it was weird it didn't bother me went to see um i believe the monday after like i got back like i went and saw the flash and that had a lot of gunshots and it didn't bug me Mm -hmm. but i'm like because i was like that's not what they sound like just saying it's not what they sound like so it didn't bug me Right, because you can, can see like that's not real. <laughs> yeah, I'm like that's not what it sounds like. So, but yeah, it was it was a quite a, like it's it's wild, and I I it, it's weird like it's it's nuts. Like, yeah, I did it, it's yeah for it's with me forever. But I'm yeah, it it was it was a tough time for for a good few weeks, um, getting through that, um, yeah. and telling people like I told people but like i was like hey i need to present something to you i've been in a shoot because i'm like if i start acting like if, uh, if there's people i'm gonna be around and i start acting fucked up or something they should know ahead of time that that's right that's what's going on but yeah, yeah. well i i'm glad you're ready to talk about it because it's yeah. not easy to talk about certainly yeah. but the kind of trouble your hobby gets you into right that's uh <laughs> well you need to pick a safer hobby safer hobby yeah so but no and i have to say the people of the people of popcorn stuff were great to me they were checking in on me the entire like it was uh wonderful like i always say i always have said like popcorn's like family and they like really came through that weekend a lot like it was it was it was good like i i felt careful like and like the some people the next time were like we're not going anywhere tonight we're gonna go out we're gonna grab some takeout bring it back and we're just hanging at the hotel so, so we did. That's good. Hey. And it, was, it was funny. Like the second I was like, Cooper Andrews, I, he's like, hey, you, you need to talk about anything tonight? I'm like, I'm good. He's like, you know, if you want to, we can go do that. I'm like, I'm fine, dude. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just chilling, just chilling. So, <laughs> but made a, a lot, met a lot of new people. I mean, through that, meeting people who wanted to talk to me because I had been through that and stuff and uh, shared trauma with some other people I know is uh, a thing. So, but. Uh, yeah, it's kind of, I mean, gotta, you know, get through and make the best of no, at least I, you know, I had people I know that went through that with me. Yeah. I can always, I can always go through with, with things. And, and it was weird to watch how differently people reacted to it. Uh, Which, yeah. Another very real thing too is that, yeah, you get to see sort of a raw side of some, people. Cold, some people very cold, some cold, like, yeah. And then there was people that were like me. A lot of us were like me a bit. And then there was like 
uh, there's one person who's like, hey, well, we got a funny, we got a crazy story to tell, don't we? I'm like, I'm not there yet. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not there. I'm not there. I, I hear you. Everybody but, processes differently. And yeah. But I'm not that. I'm not. I'm not. And this was on Saturday morning after the, yeah. you know, and like, yeah, it's like, no, no, no. So, but yeah, that was a, that was a thing that happened to me, my listeners, over the, sometime in, it was in mid, mid to late June. So that's not yeah. that long ago. Yeah. 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 I liked how you buried the lead in the, yeah. about this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, pretty- like here's some stuff <laughs> that I might, uh, <laughs> like what? Of course, I said yes, because I don't care. I'm, I'm in. We'll do it. And then, oh, BT dubs. I want to talk about this thing. And oh, I was yeah. like, you want me to bury the lead, man? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. I think I almost told you like right after it happened, but I think I was just like, I don't know. I paused on telling people for a bit. Like, yeah. Well, I, was like, I was like, I'm getting tired of telling this. <laughs> it was kind of, but I always reach out to you, but I'm like, I think it was just like, I know she's going to want to talk about this longer than two seconds. So. <laughs> Hey, I respect boundaries. You tell me you only want to talk two seconds. We'll only talk two seconds. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. But, but, but I saved it for here. There you, you go. Did. For all everybody to hear us talk. For everybody. See, my my experience with that was I, I just dealt with it by completely ignoring the fact that I went to the I'm totally fine. And then I went to mm-hmm. finally talk to a therapist. And I was like, I'm fine. And she's like, the fact we, we need to talk about the fact that you think you're fine. And I was like, it's fine. And she's like, you've been through something traumatic. I was like, it wasn't traumatic. She's like, we need to talk about the fact that you don't think it was traumatic. Yeah. Here's how, here's how there's some things you should be feeling. I was like, thoughts you should be having. I'm fine. I'm over it. I'm fine. She's like, you are not fine. Well, there's the desire to like buck up and move on that many of us have like suck it yes. up, move on. And I have that in myself too, but this was one thing that actually Yes. And this is the work that I have gotten into in the last few years. And I get deeper and deeper into it is we as humans underestimate our nervous system. And and that was what happened to me. And that's, that's one of the reasons I get so passionate about it is because we don't think about, we have the, yes, you know, go. it's the executive order brain functioning, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's okay. I'll push through. I'm fine. Positive attitude, whatever we need to do, which is a wonderful quality. And we need to balance it by supporting our nervous system back into balance because our entire society throws our nervous systems out of whack anyway. Right. Then you take an event like that and it just complete it's, that's the part where we don't realize there are things that need to come back into balance Mm -hmm. and that there are ways to do it, but we just don't talk about it enough. Right. And so, so that's the part where, yes, you can continue on and doing some of the work with, with different tools, and my philosophy is always, we got to have things that are fast and effective and actually work. Ain't nobody got time to sit in therapy for four years and talk through this. And I mean that with all due respect to therapy, because I think there's a time and a place for it. And I also think there are ways that we can move through these things much quicker that we're not talking about nearly enough, right? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Like giving people tools to, I'm already sitting here going, when we're done with this, I'm going to talk to you about some tools you can use. <laughs> there we go. Get your pad out, Brandon. Got a pen? Could be writing. <laughs> I don't have anything to write with, though. You're on a computer. You have something to write with. <laughs> but it, it is. It, it really, we underestimate the role that our nervous system plays because we're. I always say we're just monkeys with iPhones. Just because we have, you know, all this technology mm-hmm. and everything, our system's still operating with, you know, billion, million year old programming. And yeah. it, it was responding to a threat and it's not 
able to process it in the way that it would if, you know, it's like, I would say like when, when you're, well, my dog walks into walls because he's like me, but he walks into walls and he shakes himself off. Like it's what animals do because they're clearing yeah. the adrenaline and everything out of their nervous system. We don't automatically do those things. Not, you know, anyway, that's a whole soapbox, but. Gotcha. <laughs> Fair enough. But for those, I'd like, I, I had ideas, like I just kind of shut down like creatively for a bit. Like right after yeah. that too. Like yeah. it didn't. It was weird because I I left thinking I had and I was gonna do and all this stuff and I needed to just pause. Like that's yeah. like I don't think I recorded for like a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, I like. I think I did minimal. I did minimal stuff for a bit because I was like, I'm relaxing here. I'm. Which was wise of you to listen and do that. Yeah. yeah. Which is hard for me sometimes, but um. I did, yeah. So um, that's what I that's what I did for a bit. Um, got off track with where I was headed, but uh, probably for the better. Um, and then I did, and then came up and did the next popcon in uh, the end of August, and that was an even bigger success. And I'm now I'm just like <sighs> with stuff, too much stuff. But like I'm just uh, I that that show. So the you know the one show was. Uh, quite a bang but the other one um provide me like i i feel confident moving forward on some things i might have been some decisions i'll be making in the future that i was hesitant on making before um mm-hmm. but um feel confident about making them now and feel confident about some future endeavors and altering course to model with what i'm doing outside of the show now and stuff like that. So I feel much in a much better place of doing that. And I've got a lot of new relationships with uh, people I'd like to collaborate with more. And that's one thing too. Like I talk about like, there's all these people that like, it's weird. Cause when I see something like there's people that like, Oh, celebrity bubble with this, you know, celebrity stuff. And I, I live in Los Angeles to the point where like, it was not normal, but you had this unwritten rule of like, just don't bug them. You know, and then I'm at these conventions and stuff where you're supposed to bug them and things like that. But like, I more look at it like I want not just like I'm. It's not like I want to just like a picture with them. I want to collaborate with them. Right. I don't. I don't want. I don't want like just to say I'd been there. Look, or I asked this one. Like, I want to do creative stuff with them. Like that's that's my desire with that. Um. And that's why there's always, there's not, it's not everybody's for me or there's some people like if it's interview wise, if I've watched a DVD or Blu-ray where I've seen all the questions I think I would ask or I think people would be interested in asking, I don't, I don't reach out. I don't like the greatest hits thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I always pride myself on when I interviewed Linnea Quigley many, many years ago on my old show, like I got her to talk about how she was almost in the movie Reservoir Dogs. Uh, but it wound up her part got written out, but she was involved in it in the early stages and she's and got off the air. She goes, I've never talked about that. You, where'd you find, like, where'd you <laughs> see that? She's like, no one's ever asked me about that. You, you got a lot out of me tonight that I don't talk about. And then like, I was like, that's what I do. Like I, if, if I don't, if I've heard it, I'm already not interested. So, but Yeah. That's where that's where I feel like that's why I like doing the convention. Like I like to be like I've told people the show. Like I don't going just going to the convention isn't like enough for me. Like I like to be part of, I part of the show. I want to help make the show. 
like I don't want to be going to the show. I want to help make the show. Right. That's what I that's what I like doing when it comes to conventions, when it comes to like movie night things, things like that. Like I do enjoy going to them, but I get more out of putting it on, like which comes with more work than just attending. But I get I like the joy of watching people And you're creating enjoy an experience. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm like, okay. I want to make something that I like and share what I like with people in a way that I would like it and see if they like it too. Like, that's what I. That's where I. My mentality comes from. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's different for me the way I see it with things. But yeah, know. sounds like you got clarity. Yeah, got some clarity. Yeah. I mean that yeah. that you know one of the gifts of this year with all the ups and downs was clarity. Mm-hmm. And for my listeners, I know I saw my old show was kaput after the three years, but like this one is just still a nonstop, ever changing thing and blah, 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 like that. And there's just, yeah, there's a lot of things. Like I had to, I'm having to restrain it. Like there's a, my old space shows segment, which I put on hold for a bit. I don't want to call it dead in the water ever, anything like that, but like I don't have the time. <laughs> like that's, just it. Like I love recording with Tony Schaub. I brought him on to summer of 93 so we, we could record some more. Um, I like doing that show with him. Uh, and other guests have been on that one too. Um, but he's like my, like my constant with it right now, but like it's, it's hard to do. Um, and also like my first co-host of that passed away <laughs> while I was recording and stuff. So that always is like a heavy weight on that too but um he loved doing he loved the concept of old space show and stuff jim deets um but like it's not you know that that's way i mean stuff and i feel like i should keep it around like almost like in his memory being on the show but like um it's hard it's a lot because that that's going through with somebody and talking about every episode of a season of a tell old television show when they were like 20 to 22 episodes and then mix with my recordings and all this and my reviews because like when i watch i do a blu-ray review it doesn't appear for out of thin air i gotta watch the movie which is two hours right. i gotta watch bonus features which could be up to a lot of time that goes into it but, but you're, doing, you're doing justice to it and so gotta write gotta yeah. do all this but then <laughs> i get called a hack about it too i'm like what like all this stuff so people are like oh jealousy gets the free ones i'm like i fucking i it's at the end of the day, it's probably easier to just flip a 20 and buy it for put all the work I do into it. Like, come on. And yeah, so it's, yeah, it's crazy. And then put all the work. So I'm just trying to focus and I have, and I, it's kind of weird. And if, if listeners have noticed um, with my show, um, it's the formats changed because it used to be guest movie music video at the end of the week, all that stuff. But it's kind of changed. It's become much more focused studies because like the first, I feel like the first couple of years inadvertently, I was like casting the show. So I was having like auditions and there's people I've asked back that have wanted to, but not like it's been hard to schedule. And mm. there's been a good consistent group of, of y'all um, that have now come back. So I feel like you're more like the cast of the show now. That's my, <laughs> with the guests and stuff but like i like doing focus things with scott scott and i've really connected here uh we started with the summer of 82 at 40 then we did our tim burton thing uh, in the fall because he liked doing summer of 82 we did 93 this year and that was a blast aaron came on he liked doing it um it's a blast and all you that come and do the music videos too that's so much fun um i love that that's why i like 
I love that series, but that series does a lot of work. Like, I don't think, like, we start, like, I've already planned out the next one, but, like, we start recording in, like, January for something that doesn't come out till May and drop, and it's, like, each episode has, like, three to five movies to research, talk about. I research, like, news articles, ratings mm-hmm. for things, like, all sorts of shit. It's a big planned show, and I love it. But it takes a lot out of me. So in the early parts of the year, it's hard for me to do dual duty because I'm recording that and the current episodes of the show at the same time. And then you wanting an old space show in there too. That's that's tough. It's hard. And writing Blu-ray reviews and all that shit and being oh, whoa, wait, family, job, husband, pets. Right. It's, it's extended <laughs> family. Like and by the way, sleeping and you know. Oh, having- I do that sometimes. <laughs> I do that sometimes. But yeah, these are the things I don't think people recognize that some of us out there do. And I think a lot of there's a perception that because they see somebody, the written articles or something, that that's what they're doing for a living. And I'll tell you the dirty secret is most of us are not. Yeah. Most of us aren't. Like I see people just because they've got an article in the Hollywood Reporter or Variety. No, they might. They probably got like a a nice little under the table, not under the table. Probably it's official check, but it's a pay. It's like a gig to gig thing. And I have friends that are straining, doing gig to gig to gig to gig. They don't have health insurance because they're doing gig writing. I have mm-hmm. some friends that have been like editors on places, so they have a, a salary job with things. But there's a lot of them that they get a, a get a piece and they get paid whatever that site can afford. That's not their job. And a lot of them, and they bitch and complain, they're writing like one article a month. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, Christ, fuck you. <laughs> Sorry. But with what I'm doing and stuff like that, and I'm not saying like, oh, I'm the hardest working podcaster in the world. Well, I probably am one of them. And yeah, I, I'll toot my horn there. But, yeah. <laughs> and I see people, like, that's why I was compl- talking about to, to the top, where I was like, oh, pay me to write this. And I'm like, what the fuck? Write it. Um, but like, a lot of them are struggling. And aren't that's not their job, and a lot of them tweet a fucking lot, so you think they're doing something, but that doesn't. I'm sorry, X a lot or post a lot, um, so you think they're doing, but they're not. Just realize they're working too. And there's a guy named uh, he shares my first name. I think his last name's Strasberg. And the best thing I've enjoyed about him, um, well, I don't agree with his movie opinions all the time or anything. He's a janitor writing about films. Sometimes he gets bylines in places and stuff like that, but he's a janitor by day, and then people throw that in his fucking face, like if they disagree with it, a movie opinion. It's like, dude's got health insurance. Dude gets a solid gig. He enjoys what he's doing, for one. He said he doesn't mind the gig. And, like, why do we judge a person... In a, and, I, and this is someone once told me, in the United States, we tend to judge people by where they work. Like, that's not who they are. This is where they're making money and... And, and and this is one of those things that I it and that ultimately the answer is that we as individuals have to be strong enough in what we're doing not to really give a fuck what other people say or think about it because mm-hmm. they're going to have their opinions and it's really nobody else's business. But again, that's mm-hmm. a whole TED talk. But really, it's this thing of of people will feel shame about oh I'm doing this and I'm building my business or I'm working on this thing, and 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 it it's like listen. If, if your passion project that you want to eventually have be your full-time income, wh- why don't you not put so much pressure on it to support you? And there's absolutely no shame in having something to pay your damn bills in the right. meantime. 
Mm-hmm. Now, does it mean that you're going to make some choices with your time? Yeah, you're going to make some choices with your time. But guess what? You're not going to be so fucking stressed about where your paycheck is coming from that it's going to choke the life out of the creative endeavor. Now, right. there are some people, there is a percentage of people that are positively motivated by that, right? They will mm-hmm. work harder that the, the that stress, the lack of income will motivate them in a good way. I do not believe that is the bulk of the population. I believe the bulk of the population, everybody has money stories to work on. Most people get so stuck in scarcity, desperation, and all these other things that you can't, from that place, you can't create. Mm-hmm. You can't, yeah. You're not doing a service to anybody that you're creating from, in my opinion, if you're in a place of worrying about where the hell your next meal is coming from. You have to have your energetics and your everything really freaking balanced mm-hmm. to be able to still do that and do that well. And, right. and just people don't. And so it is, it's it's choices, right? Mm-hmm. People ask me that all the time. I'm like, well, I make choices. I yeah. don't have much of social life, right? right. And I'm okay <laughs> with that because I would rather look back when I, you know, am changing the world on a broad scale and go, yeah, I'm glad I did it that way. Cause guess what? I could still pay my mortgage while I was building it. And I wasn't so desperate that I took on people I didn't want to work with or took on projects I didn't want to do just because yeah. I was paying my bills. Mm-hmm. Right. There's no shame in it. It doesn't make anybody any, it doesn't make, make you less of a podcaster or mm-hmm. less of a, right. like, just because you're doing this bullshit. Yeah. yeah. I'm a badass fucking coach. And yeah. like, I, it doesn't matter what I do with my time. I, it's just none of it matters. And people mm-hmm. get so hung up on that. And it's like, get over yourself. And I'm sorry, but if you're out there judging somebody that's doing that, show me your podcast, show me your business, show me your creative endeavor. If you've got some skin in the game, maybe we could talk about best practices, but otherwise, right. shut your face. Yep. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> For those of you listening to the audio version, I dropped the mic. <laughs> wow. But that was good. That was good. Uh, but that's how I feel. Like, yeah. So, like, when you're, I don't know, watching The Office for the 80th time, I'm probably working on stuff like this. Yeah. Like, and, and you know what? If you're watching The Office for the 80th time, good on you. Mm-hmm. But don't be out there criticizing other people. Like, yeah. you to you, whatever makes you happy, I'm a big believer in that, right? Sovereign. Yeah. But if you're out there doing, I don't, don't, pretty much as a general rule, stay in your own lane and leave mm-hmm. everybody else alone. It's just the, kind of a good rule of life. Yeah. These things, things and <laughs> these things that you see, these people, they don't pop up out of thin air. Whether you agree with what was written, recorded, or uh, like, or like, or like that person who's like they spent time, like they exactly. they they sacrificed, they they put something, um, and they got it done. What were you doing? Um, yeah. and That's I was a, it's not easy. And I've always found this weird, like, and you probably this uh, relate relatable thing when you're doing creative endeavors. Now you don't need the world behind you, but like it's so weird the little the 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 way support comes from those you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's so so weird that like someone might say something like you never click like on it like that i know i was the guy who said don't i never say click like and subscribe but i also see like enthusiasm for things i do or just not like i like you you post lots of it like i try to click i know i appreciate it thank you (laughs) 
any anybody any like any of my guests on my shows and stuff like i try my best to like show my support for them they gave me their time they regularly give me their time stuff like that i i try to like you know like their you know post share like do what i can um even just the the act of just clicking a like it, i don't think people know like that to the creator and stuff that means a lot and then it's like fam like do you not like it, it, it's like he's doing that it's like it's like i do they want me to succeed at it or is there like this bitterness of like oh he's doing that thing because like all my a lot of my support comes from not people mm-hmm. I, I will i will say since i started the brand peter show like i get asked about it a lot more than my old show i get people talk about it people seem to be more, it's more visible granted i've been a lot more active because i'm a one-man per- show here um and i control all my media outlets and want people like it's it's not like it was with the other show where i had issues with those things but um but there that's been better but it still could be a lot better um it's weird like that they don't have to show support or like i guess you don't like listening like maybe i'm not your you don't like or understand what i'm talking about sometimes may get a little deep but like yeah, uh, it's just weird. It's, it's just weird because you think like, oh, I got all these friends and family, and they don't mean do anything. It's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's it, ugh, cat. Um, it's interesting where also the people that are that ne- like I said that never. I, I discovered this when I started my podcast, and I was just putting my podcast out. I didn't really. I'm just mm-hmm. doing it, and it was. I haven't lived in the town I went to high school in in forever. And a, a, one of my best friends was like, oh, I ran into so-and-so who was somebody that was somewhere in the periphery of my high school that I sort of knew. Yeah. He was like, oh, Jim Rayford's got a podcast. I'm like, the fuck did he find this? Yeah. These people will, that I run into will stop me and will say things like, oh, I watch all your reels or I do this. I'm like, I didn't even know we were still connected on Facebook. But that's Damn. <laughs> And, you know, I think a lot of people come up against, I, I will say I have been extremely blessed my my parents my dad's always like the first one to like my stuff <laughs> he's easy he, he follows the brandon <laughs> peters show yeah, and like yeah. stuff yeah thank you been incredibly supportive and i mean my mom too but my dad's you know he likes my stuff and shares my stuff and it's it, it really means a lot and i also know that not everybody has that kind of support from their yeah. parents I work with a lot of clients who are going up against wanting to do something and not having that type of support. And I think sometimes it's, you know, people don't always understand what it is. And because they don't, sometimes people also aren't curious or they just, you know, they they don't even ask and, and, and they don't really know. And I think sometimes it's, they just don't have any concept of it, of what it is. I think that that's where a lot of my thinking I'm a schmuck comes from. Um, (laughs) Going way back because I mean back in high school I mean I know like to the younger viewers and I've said this before I I was making movies with my VHS camcorder I was in theater production like I quit football to be in theater um, and like I was weird like they didn't know how to deal with that back then they didn't know yeah. what that was it wasn't a real career idea it was like yeah. and, and every time like even with my parents and stuff like they allowed me to do it but i don't think they were really bad they were like i think they're like hoping i just like wallow in i even when i lived in la they didn't want to hear about the films i worked on or anything they were like how's your job which my job was doing blu-rays and dvds but it was like a they just wanted to hear i was doing fine they didn't want to hear the details of it because they were interested. so 
Um, like I'd want to show them my movies I made when I was in high school, and it was kind of like, ah, and like they never went all like movie collecting. That was a bane of their fucking existence. Why are you spend all your money on those things like this? And um, but like, and it's weird because like that's might be I maybe always never felt. I was putting out something worthwhile because if I was putting out something worthwhile, they'd be interested, right? Um, and and it was, it was just real weird with uh, with things like that because I was never accepted because I made that stuff. Um, I did hear that at my high school reunion that I didn't go to a couple years ago that some people were hoping I'd show up because they wanted to talk about it. And I was like, well, too late. You had your chance in the 90s. Um, <laughs> uh, but like... Yeah, it's kind of weird. So I always have this like hesitancy about like how I perceive that someone would be interested in my stuff, and I think it's like yeah. it's probably derived. I've, I've kind of derived from that though. I I think my mom's trying to understand this now. Yeah, late. Well, but and, and you know, but that's and that's the thing. And again, this is this gets into my wheelhouse for the work that I do because it's exactly that. And then we form. It's like we form these unconscious decisions about ourselves in those moments. Mm-hmm. that we then carry through uh, I, that's an undercurrent the rest of it doesn't have to be the rest but but through our lives right and then and not realizing that it's still there mm-hmm. of like oh this is actually this perception that i have and this like kind of decision that i made and we make a meaning of it when really ultimately what's happening is mom and dad were looking at things from a certain lens all of our parents did the best they could have but yeah. like you know, I, I don't know. I am not a parent and I, God love all of you. Cause <laughs> I, I only have a bonus child and, and I like tried to give him a compliment on his eyelashes. And I think instead I gave him a complex, but anyway, I don't know how people parent, but God bless you all. <laughs> but it's, you know, pe- that people are looking at things through the le- their own wounds, their own like lenses and they can't quite, you know, they can't get there. And then we internalize that somehow. Is there something about us that what we're doing isn't valuable or that we aren't valuable? Mm-hmm. And then we carry those stories forward. Yeah. And and some people let them stop them. Other people don't. But if we, you know, my work is getting in there and cleaning out the stories so that they're just gone. Right. But, you know, but it is, it's, it's, a, it's a real thing. And, you know, it's doing things that, there's the and I, I forget which philosopher it was, but it's basically be content to be thought foolish with yeah. whatever you know that you're doing because I mean everybody thought a lot of people were crazy until whatever they did you know turned into something mm-hmm. really freaking awesome. I'm sure Steve Jobs got some weird looks and right iPhones. <laughs> right and no, like I it, it's funny it's not going to stop me ever because this is just like, right. I I have to be doing this like I right. it's it's weird like I never. It's it's just in me. Like I can't not be doing. Like I'm I, my passion for like movies, things like that. Like, huh? yeah, yeah. Like it's it's funny. Like I can't. Like I just the art of filmmaking and stuff like that. Like is just something I adore so much. I like to talk about a lot. Um, and I like the art of podcasting has been a thing that I've really transcended. I've melded the two to where I like. Um, and with like my passions and stuff, and been molded me with creativity and blown blown things open so that's just who i am like i've always i thought about like when i moved when i moved here in uh 2000 it was december of 2008 and i was like you know what i'm just gonna try to be normal you know just be normal and it's i I realized that it's not like i can't not be this way like it's just who not to shine brandon (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, like it's just I just you have to. What you do? <laughs> right. No, I'm never gonna back away from it. It's like who I am, and like it, it's crazy. Like I, I just have to be this way, and I, I don't mean it's not like a pompous ass. It's just how I am. It's, but but I don't think in my perception it's not. It's just an ownership of this is who I am. This is what I love to do, and you know, even when you talk about it, it's like that's actually what we need more of is we need people who are embracing that. And it's like, these are the people who put on these, like you put on the, you know, the popcorn because you mm-hmm. care about what you're doing and you yeah. want to create experience. Like this is the, the good stuff in life mm-hmm. that we need more of. And I really hope I make the Doctoberfest people happy because this is our first thing. And I know what they want, but like, I'm like, all right, I'm excited. And I'm nervous that I hope I deliver you a product that you want. Cause it's not exactly what I typically do, but yeah. We're gonna we're gonna work episode. it. It's your pilot episode. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be pilot. I'm like, I was like, we're gonna do this, and we'll we'll know what goes next after that. But like, I it's a it's a different take on what I kind of do. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm look very looking forward to it. It's gonna be a fun. Uh, it's a, it's a one day, but for me, it's a weekend. Um, because there's some things on Friday and Sunday Sunday morning I, I gotta do too. But yeah, um. Looking for that more more things here on this show to record, um, um, including I'm itching to get to the summer of 2004 at 20, which you'll be a part of, of course. I'll be contacting you um, when we do that next year. But <laughs> what did you say? I'll be on. <laughs> yeah, you'll be on that one, of course. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's crazy, um, and it's been a wild year from like just. Yeah, doing the show, uh, figuring out kind of what I'm liking about it now, having to hang some things up for a sec or, you know, focus other ways and, and evolve other things. And between like having to, you know, the highs of like, you know, PopCon success, other success, doing the Here Now Festival again, uh, do a panel on podcasting for that. Um, that's in Kansas City. Uh, I've done virtual twice with it. Um, but it's a lot of fun. Um, continued relationships with people. Um, yeah. And then the lows of, you know, you know, being through a shooting or something. Oh, I also had a, I can, um, a person who'd been on the show multiple times. I had to, uh, cease relation, like, uh, collaborations with because of, um, some allegations and activity. And I was, I was advised to just, you know, it sucks, but gotta move on. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, had a, that whirlwind, but year four, who knows? It's going to be fun. I, I know what's in store, uh, like next month. Um, it's going to have some horror stuff to go along with out now with their name. Like I said, go to that one. Cause whew, that's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. Um, good, good things. And that out now with their name that I always, always talk about, but that's where my podcasting started and I will always call it home and go back to it. And consider the brandon peter show part of the out now with aaron and abe universe is what i we like to call it with everybody that is around with it but um but yeah um is this good wrapping up point or is there more you want to do i think it's good if you're good you're like, <laughs> i'm jennifer i go to bed way earlier than everyone else at 8 30 that's all right i go to bed way earlier so okay so i hope the listeners i hope you enjoyed this i just wanted to open myself up here just get some things just out of my head into jennifer's mixed around and spit back at me with 
advice, things like that, some feed bounce back and stuff. So did you like this episode? Was it something to kick off your foreign style with? Um, I don't know. Let me know about this one. And and thank you, Jennifer, for doing sitting in for this. And maybe we'll do it again. Maybe we'll catch up and see, like, take, take my temperature um, at some point or something like that if people like it. Yeah, I like that you're just like, hey, I've got this idea. And I was like, sure, I'll do it. And I was like, I didn't even know what we were doing. I'm like, no, I'm nope. in. We'll do it. No, anytime I'm like, hey, you want, yes. I was yes like, all right. Pretty that's pretty much, that's how you work. That's how we operate. And I like it. Um, but yeah, so where can people keep up with you? If they liked hearing this. They liked hearing this. Well, do like, I have it? I'm you. selling you the best I've ever had this, this episode, I think. I actually, I redid my website this year. I have a, a new program that I'm launching. I have a bunch of free stuff that I'm doing. I have some free, uh, the, some of the tools I talked about earlier, I'm actually doing a just a, a free training on that and a couple of free masterclasses I have coming up. But mm-hmm. CourageToRise.com is the website and you can find me on Instagram. It's I am Jennifer Rayford. And my program that I'm coming out with is called uh, Unfuckwithable. Yes, there we go. <laughs> perfect because we 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 need more of that so (laughs) i like it it. you're like mary you tell me you just like me because i have a bad mouth or effort off of you bring me on i'm gonna cuss oh the other thing i did i didn't i should have had a copy i i've uh, created journals a bunch of blank journals that i'm selling okay uh, that i now had i had to put 500 of them in my house somewhere so that was a lot of fun they arrived while i was out of town so my boyfriend and his son brought them inside god bless them but oh there we go awesome from the website you can link out to the journals and stuff sweet sweet <laughs> excellent okay well uh, again many thanks here um i'm uh, of course you know i'm on um x and Instagram at Brandon4KHD. I know people have like, oh, I left X and I'm on this one that nobody is at because they went to this one. And I'm just like, I did, it sucked before. Let's be yeah, honest. I've like, never was, on Twitter before. I it's, technically have a Threads account, but whatever. <laughs> it sucked before. But I'm on Instagram, which is my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at Brandon4KUHD. Um, written work is at Why So Blue. Uh, you can find out any, all things live podcast stage and uh, podcast awards at popcon.us. Um, click for the Louisville show, which will be coming back there in June next year, as well as uh, April for Indianapolis, which is going to be an exciting one. We have championship darts coming to PopCon in April. And I went to an event for that recently. And let me tell you, it's going to be fun. Uh, okay. Uh, coming up on the show next week, Jamie Alvey returns. Um, we're going to talk about her movie Bystanders, which if you've been listening to the Brandon Peters show, that went from her pipe er, her pipe dream, her, her little script that she'd been working on so hard to, I believe, being produced by Dread Central, which will be released. I don't know, but she'll tell us. Um, it's been shot. She got to star in it, too pretty exciting i'm very excited to talk to her about that and we'll be discussing the film series seven a personal favorite uh cult classic of mine um that's all next week uh till then thank you jennifer and all of you out there stay film positive thank you for listening the brandon peters show is a creative zombie studios production produced by brad shoemaker and brandon peters Written and edited by Brandon Peters. 
Announcer vocals by Jessica Alsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetersshow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.